Good morning. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving to you. How many have already had a feast or you've begun feasting? Anybody? Oh, we got some feasters. No fasting. This is not a good weekend to choose a fast. <laughs> no fasting. This is time for feasting. Well, I'm going to mess you up this morning because we are on Thanksgiving. I do typically. Uh, oh, hi, online. I just want to make sure that we acknowledge our online viewers and uh, you're a part of what's happening, and we look forward to you being in the room with us uh, when it's convenient or possible uh, for you to do so. We'd love to meet you face-to-face. -face. Yeah, I'm going to mess with you a little bit this morning, um, and uh, we're used to a certain rhythm, but each Thanksgiving I've had uh, an opportunity to share on different aspects of giving thanks and uh, the corporate worship time and private worship time and devotional worship time. And we really believe in the principle of worshiping um, in order to enter into God's presence. We, we say it this way, we're presence people. We love to be in the presence of God. He makes himself manifest in the praises of his people. And I think today would be a great reminder of that. And then a couple minutes as we switch this around, um, we're going to have a time of worship. And I'm gonna encourage you, if you've never really stepped into uh, the sacrifice of praise, the fruit of your lips, giving thanks to the Lord, that today would be your day to really experience his presence in a new and a wonderful way. In fact, we'll open up the front. Um, sometimes that just helps with inhibitions and uh, help people come forward and just not worry about what someone might be thinking. But as we give our worship to Jesus, we're only worried about what he's thinking. So uh, this is Planted in the House, part two, Reaching for the river, reaching for the river. We started the series last week, and I believe this is really an important uh, series for us, not just for right today and uh, the weeks that we do this, but I believe that God is kind of uh, adjusting our compass and our direction as a church, and that this series is significant for us coming into 2023, and that we'll be on time, we'll be on the right place as we follow the Holy Spirit's leading and where where we're, we're supposed to be. I talked about three words that are important here at Harvest. Belong, believe, become. And they're not just words, they really are uh, a synopsis of what we want for every person who attends Harvest. First, we want people to belong. And I explained that the order of these words is important, that in uh, another day, we put the belief first. So if you believe, you can come to church. That uh, church is a place for Christians. And though that's true, we recognize that the unchurched were not coming into our services because they didn't feel like they belonged. And so in the preaching of the gospel, which we've discovered, the most powerful way to declare the good news is in an atmosphere of worship and an atmosphere of God's presence, God making himself real and somebody sitting in that environment, in that atmosphere, uh, it's much easier for them to make the connection and go, God is real. God loves me. And so we switch the order, um, and, and it's an important order that people could belong at harvest before they believe. But we don't, we don't hide the fact we want you to believe. We want you to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus and that eternal life would, be, uh, would come into you as you receive his eternal life, his spirit into your life and forgiveness of sins. And so we want you to believe and we want you to become the children of God. 
And I had an opportunity last week just to, that as we, we immediately as we get born again, the seed of his presence, the incorruptible seed, enters us, and then it begins to grow. It, it can become a tree planted by the waters. We're going to look at that today. We want to become all the phases, all the phases of um, growth, and growth for God is important. And uh, I shared the story of uh, being at a conference and a young man sitting beside me I'd never met before, but he looked just like his dad, who I knew. And I said, you must be so-and-so's son. And he smiled. How did you know that? Well, the genes are strong. <laughs> this week, um, Christina, years ago, uh, did daycare in our home in Messina and uh, had uh, some, right from it, the time the kids were infants until they were uh, a 10 or 11 uh, in her in-home her in daycare. And one of those kids had a child and posted. And Christina goes, who is this? And I said, that's so-and-so from back in the day when they were a baby. No, that's their son. And so, you know, we do that, don't we? When a, when a baby's born, we, we, we stop, we look, we kind of size them up and go, you look like mom or you look like your dad. And uh, they're usually a good mix. Why? Because uh, they, they are offspring, DNA, genetic code. And when we're born again, God wants us to grow his images in us. It was marred by sin. We were we were disconnected from his purposes and his ways, but when we're born again, that seed, that incorruptible seed begins to grow, and we go through the phases of growth to look like and act like God. Somebody said? And that's, that's the, the beauty of Christianity is that's under the power and grace of God, the Holy Spirit empowering us. We don't do that. We cooperate with his power in us. And so here at uh, at, at Harvest, we have something called Step One, and when we invite people, if you're new to Harvest, you've never done Step One, to take Step One, and you learn more about who we are, you will learn about, uh, which we don't talk publicly, we just say Step One, Step One, because we want it to be super clear that that's Step One, say Step One. First step is to go to step one. And there we do talk about uh, two programs that we have, one called Seeds, say Seeds, and if you haven't received Jesus, it's a very safe environment that you can talk about, ask questions. You will not be made to feel stupid or, oh, I should have known that. But it's a very safe environment uh, in a small group, a 12-week small group uh, setting where you can ask the questions. Or if you're new, uh, you, you've already made the decision, but you're new to the things of, uh, of being born again and being a Christ follower, that you're in seeds and together learn some of the primary very beginning steps of being a Christ follower. And one of the highlights is being water baptized, uh, taking that first step of identifying publicly with what God's done in your life. If you've done that, uh, then we, we talk to you about roots. And uh, these are all words that help us be, remember that we are becoming. And so the seed and then the roots. Today, planted in the house of God, with our roots in the house of God, we want to reach toward uh, the river. I'll explain that in a minute. But blessed are those, blessed are those who trust in the Lord, have made the Lord their hope and confidence. You've made that decision to follow Jesus, to invite him in your life, to forgive your sins. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. 
Remember this morning, this is reaching for the river, our roots in the house of God. How do I know if I'm planted in the house of God? How do I know if I'm planted here at Harvest? If you're somebody whose roots are reaching for the presence of God, you're a presence person, you're like, I just, I wanna be reaching for his presence, the power of his Holy Spirit every day of my life. Why such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought? Their leaves stay green. They never stop producing fruit. Uh, where is this river that we're reaching for? Psalm 46.4. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the most high dwells or where the most high lives. Where does God live? He lives in his house. God lives in his house. There is a river that runs through the house of God, his presence. If we're planted in the house of God, our roots should be reaching every time we're together, every day at home, reaching for his presence. Come on, let's pray. Father, I thank you today. Lord, that you're gonna remind for some the importance of reaching for your presence, being rooted in the river of your presence. Lord, for somebody today, if that's a new idea, I pray they'll experience in a few moments your manifest presence, your for real presence, your you in the room presence today, Emmanuel, God with us, like they never have before. In Jesus' name I pray, and everyone said, amen. It's harder to do it in this order, isn't it? You're sitting here going, okay, this is weird. I don't feel like listening to a sermon right now. <laughs> so you gotta help me. I know the order's off, and we actually rely on uh, one of the reasons we do worship first is as we give ourselves to the Lord, our hearts, the walls of our heart begin to uh, come down and uh, we, we begin to say, yes, Lord. There's a yes, Lord. And so with the preaching of the word, uh, we respond We respond to that. So the risk of doing it this way is we're kind of still feeling like we just got here, and this is weird and different today, and I don't want to do this. So help me out today, all right? We, we, let's just acknowledge it's awkward and a little weird. Say weird but we're gonna push through it, and then we're gonna to respond today uh, to the word of God. I'll call up the team in just a minute. I wanna share a story with you um, that I think is great analogy of what can happen when we attend church and we don't understand the power of his presence and the principle of entering into his presence with singing, entering into his presence uh, through what we call praise and worship, which is not just our corporate time, but I wanna start with the concept of the, our corporate worship because it's from there that you get a vision for and an understanding for your own individual worship at home as you press into the place of his presence, which the scriptures are clear we can do that at any time and that God responds to that every time, every time. But this story reminds us sometimes that, um, that we're not always active in pursuing and pressing in or reaching with our roots to the presence of God, to the river. And I wanna share this story from John chapter five where Jesus is in Jerusalem and he walks up to a pool called the Pool of Bethesda. Uh, kind of a reservoir of sorts, um, and uh, just a place in, in, in the city of Jerusalem uh, where they, the, in this story, there are multitudes, multitudes, say multitudes. Oh, you're still out there, great. Multitudes, which probably is hundreds, 
hundreds. How many hundreds? I don't know. We don't know. But crowded around this pool are people, and they're not, they're not sunbathers. So th- that's kind of the idea, you know, in the, in, a, in the hot summer, if you've ever seen pictures of beaches um, in, in warmer places than, you know, the St. Lawrence River beaches, um, and you, uh, you see an aerial view, it's, you know, I mean, the, you don't see sand, you just see umbrellas and bathing suits and people, and, and they're kind of packed in that way, I think, but they're not sunbathers. It says in John 5, 3, that a great multitude of sick people, blind people, lame, paralyzed people were laying around this pool. Sick, blind, lame, paralyzed, all with physical conditions. And those physical conditions, as we're going to go on in the story, they were helping to be healed from a physical condition. As I began to research some of these words, I'm going to share uh, their meanings with you. I, I want you to see that these physical conditions also have analogies in spiritual conditions. Spiritual conditions which all of us uh, suffer from from time to time, and that how it's alleviated is getting into the presence of God. And so this idea of they were sick people literally means they were without any strength. They had no strength. They were powerless to do anything for themselves. Powerless to do anything for themselves. I think the sooner we learn that we're sick people and that we're powerless to do anything for ourselves, the better and the faster we learn that, we're way ahead. Because here's the deal. If you or I had the power to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and and just be all of that in life, if we could fix ourselves, we would have done it by now. We would have done it by now. And some of us are still trying to beat the odds and trying to improve ourselves, fix ourselves, and self-help books are still the number one sellers. Just do this, just do that. If I see one more sponsored ad on Facebook, you just need to know the secret. It's been a secret, and now you can know. It'll change your life forever. Really? Really, you think that? That's got, really, there's still people gullible? Yes, gullible enough to believe there's some secret in mankind. There are no secrets. We are powerless to change our lives. Somebody say powerless. But there is a power, his Holy Spirit in us, that can change us in a moment, in an instant of being with, I got about six people feeling it now. Yeah, we're starting, woo, starting to feel like church now. Woo, can I get my church on right now? (laughs) Thank you. I'm gonna try to do better. Here we go. We're powerless. We're like the sick people around the pool. Blind people which would seem obvious. But I want you to think about the fact that a blind person is, illegally blind person isn't isn't just blackness. They also, uh, if you uh, have a little bit of sight, but you can't see clearly. You can't see clearly where you're going. The Bible says we don't walk by our sight, but we walk by faith. And our faith is in him, but sometimes we get disconnected from his voice, uh, from the shepherd saying, this is the way, walk you in it. Uh, let's go this way. We get, we get kind of cut off, and we begin to suffer from this condition of blindness where we can't see clearly where we're supposed to be going. And what ends up by happening is we become all too aware of where I am, and where I am isn't changing. Where I am looks the same as yesterday. Where 
where I am looks like the hamster wheel of what I've been living on. And I begin to lose hope that tomorrow could be different. I begin to lose hope that there's anything different for my life. And when you're, when you're not hearing his voice, when you're not in the presence of God, you begin to suffer from spiritual blindness. You lack vision. The Bible says where God's people are and they lack vision, they become sick. They become disoriented. And you begin to get hopeless because you're sure there's nothing down the road. There's nothing around the corner. There were blind people uh, that were at the pool of Bethesda. There were lame people, which literally means maimed, that you're crippled because of something that's been done to you. Something's been done to you. Statistics are clear uh, in this room very high percentage of you have been abused um, as a child, as an adolescent. Uh, things have happened to you. Uh, as an adult, uh, maybe somebody in a marriage walked out on you, was disloyal to you, betrayal, whatever it might be, that there are things that take place in our life that maim us. They cripple us emotionally. They cripple us. And, and the only way I know that you can, yes, receive healing from being maimed by a situation that's been done to you where you were crippled by the act of another person is to encounter the presence of the Holy Spirit, to encounter the power, the healing power of God. Jesus, who's the same yesterday, today, and forever, who comes into our life, and he's not, he's not, Jesus, you, we're, we're stuck as temporal beings. I can't go back, but Jesus can. Jesus was with you in that moment. And you can go back together to the moment where the maiming, the crippling happened, and he can heal your heart so that you will be uh, forever changed. There were maimed people, paralyzed people at the pool of Bethesda, which um, paralyzed is kind of, they taken the word and said, oh, that must mean paralysis. But it literally means withered, withered. And the idea of this word, uh, again, when it says, if you have paralysis in your Bible translation, we think of paralysis as just, it's the brain uh, can't get signals to that part of the body, but it's that part of the body has become so dry. There's no life fluid in that part of the body. The Bible talks about the man with the withered hand. It talks about the withering of plants during famine. So the word really is withered or dry, so dry, there's no life in it any longer. And a person who had a withered limb, it's like it doesn't do anything, it doesn't respond, and worse than that, it is withered up, deformed, and a constant reminder I'm stuck with this withered hand or withered leg or whatever. I'm stuck with you. It's stuck with me. It's a sign of death, and I'm, I, I, there's no separating myself from it. Something that's taken place, it just reminds me of something that has died. It has no life left in it. And I don't know what that represents for you today, but something that's just so dead, so just you're stuck with it. It's part of, it's part of who you are but a constant reminder, and you're saying that could never change. I'm here to tell you today that something so dry can receive the river of God and miracles can take place and what you thought you were stuck with can be a change. What you thought wasn't gonna change will change. We're, 
people here at Harvest that believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. The encounter in Acts chapter 2, where Jesus said to his disciples, who were born again, he said, there's something more. You need to go to Jerusalem. You need to go into the upper room, and you need to wait for the infilling, for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. An encounter where we identify with the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Well, let me explain that for a minute. Jesus told his disciples that they should be water baptized. And the easiest way of understanding baptism, because it's not a part of our culture, is that you identify with something. And I've told this story before in water baptism services when people are identifying with the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus. And that's what the water, going under the water and coming up, there's a symbolism there. And yet a reality, something profound takes place when we're water baptized. So it's not just symbolism. There is a spiritual reality we experience at the same time. But we identify with that and say, I want to be water baptized because that's what happened to me. And I want the world to know that I was, I was dead in my sin, but Jesus took my sin on the cross. When he was buried, he took my sin so that uh, my sins could be forgotten in the grave and I could come up in resurrection newness of life. It's a powerful, powerful thing. I remember helping a French-Canadian uh, gentleman who had great English but had been schooled. His mother tongue was in French. And when we were talking about these concepts of baptism and with his French-Canadian background, he could just only think about baby sprinkling. It was a part of his tradition. And so he goes, why would I need to do this? He was a Habs fan and always wore a Habs shirt. And it clicked with me as I was explaining. I go, your team is the Montreal Canadiens, right? He goes, why, yes. Yeah, and he was all excited. And I go, you're a Habs fan. Yes. And I go, see, you, why do you wear that shirt? And he goes, because I'm a fan. I said, no, you identify as a fan. You're telling the world, I am a Montreal Canadian a follower. He goes, yes. I go, get the shirt and get in the tank and say, I'm a follower of Jesus. He goes, I get it. I'm going to be water baptized. <laughs> but there's another baptism that Jesus talked about. And it's identifying our need for the infilling power of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians tells us, don't be drunk with wine or don't come under the influence of alcohol uh, that, that it actually starts dictating because you've lost your willpower and you're drunk to the wine. He says, instead, be filled, come under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And he said, when he says be filled, he said that the, without kind of unpacking all of that, basically he meant this, you leak, I leak, we need this every day. We need, his, uh, we need to be filled with the presence of God. How do I do that? I reach my roots, I reach my life in the house of God. I identify with the worshipers in the house of God. I identify with people who with their whole hearts, mind, soul, and strength, and I go home and do the very same thing every day, saying, Holy Spirit, I enter in your presence today with singing and thanksgiving and praise on my lips because I want to be a worshiper who lives at the river. This pool of Bethesda, people with these conditions, laying by the pool, what caught my eye is I wondered, so what's the deal? Why are you laying there? And the Bible tells us that once in a while, from time to time, and I don't know the frequency, but there would be an angelic visit 
just symbol, just symbolic. Angels are real, and they're God's messengers. And uh, they, uh, the 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 belief was, and the understanding was, in tradition, that this an angel would come and stir the waters, and they would cause that stagnant pool to become a living become living waters as the life of God for a moment as the angel would stir it up and say, okay, life of God, heaven, come into the waters. And the first person in would get blessed and receive their healing. And then it would be over. And they would wait some more. And this scripture caught my eye. I thought, what, what's, what's going on? What are, what are they doing? What are they doing in between visit, angelic visitations? Say visitation. It's an important word for us today, Visitation visitation. God's house. Does God live in his house or does he visit his house? And I want to challenge some of you, if you have a church background, if you were, if you've been born again here at Harvest, I don't have to do too much adjusting. But many of us have come from a background with bad theology when it comes to understanding God's, God's will for us and the moving of his spirit. Look at this scripture. It says, well, this is what they were doing between angelic visitations, waiting for the moving of the water. They were waiting for the moving of the water, waiting for a move of God, waiting for a move of God. I've had the privilege of being in some situations where uh, God just sovereignly came into services or came into a number of services back to back where we enjoyed just a sense of his presence in a way we hadn't before. And I've witnessed uh, those kinds of meetings twice, twice in my life, uh, many, many years apart. And so I appreciate and I understand visitations. But God visits his people so they'll get an understanding of saying, inviting God's presence into their midst and having God live in his house and not just visit his house. And I'm going to address that theology because the problem, the problem with it is in the area of what we call the sovereignty of God. And that God is God and God gets to do what he wants. And so that our position is we step back and go, God, we will wait for you to decide to come and be with us. And in the meantime, sick, lame, paralyzed people waited for the moving of the water. Now, a certain man was there who had an infirmity for 30 eight years, a certain man, some guy, but not any guy, not just some random guy, the guy that Jesus picks out because he wants to speak to all the people who are around the pool. He wants, uh, he wants to say something to them, and he wants to say something to us this morning about reaching for the river, being a person who's planted in the house of God, a worshiper saying, I want my roots to go deep in this house. I'm going to allow my roots to go into the river, the presence of God. I'm going to count me amongst the worshipers. When Jesus saw him lying there, and he knew that he had already been in that condition for a long time, he knew. The man didn't tell him, Jesus knew. Say, Jesus knows. That's amazing to me. So why didn't God send more angels? Why didn't he stir up the water more often? Because they missed the point, and Jesus was dealing with faulty theology. 
He was dealing with their faulty theology. And so here he is, he steps, he steps on knowing that there are all of these people who, by the way, believed for God to move. They were believers, they believed, but they weren't planted in the house. <laughs> they didn't understand the principles of God's presence and being a person of presence, being a worshiper of God. And so he steps up knowing and doesn't send more angels to stir up the water. No, here's what Jesus does. Knowing that guy's been in the condition for that long, he said, do you want to be made well? Do you, which almost sounds rude, doesn't it? Come on, let's just be honest. Doesn't it sound rude? Has somebody ever, you've been in a small group, or maybe you're just, you're kind of complaining and ranting a little bit and going, I just want things to change. And somebody says, well, uh, do, do, you, do you want it to change? And you're like, you just want to go, shut up. <laughs> of course I want it to change. But do we? Now, fo look, look, follow this. The lame, the blind, all of these people laying around the pool. And I believe Jesus just said it loud enough. And he's saying it to you. And he's saying it to me today. And he says, do you want to? Do you want to? Do you want to? Do you want to experience a miracle of the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit? Because I told my disciples, I need to go because it's better for you. And I will send one called the Comforter, and he will come. And when he comes, you will be filled with the power of God. We don't have to live in our powerlessness. Of course we can't accomplish this. But by his power, I am more than an overcomer. I am more than a victor, but I've got to get into his presence. I've got to stay full. I've got to be a worship person with my roots in the river. Do you want to see a future that's different than today? Do you want to hear the Holy Spirit come in his prophetic power and begin to prophesy over your life and say, I have more for you. I know the things that I have for you, saith the Lord. I have a future for you. I have good things for you. And you begin to hear that in your heart. And you begin to realize I'm not hopeless, but I have hope because today in a worship service, as I decided to surrender and left my hands toward heaven, yes, a physical act, but an act that God asks us for because he says, I want less of you, more of me. Raise your hands, enter into worship, and be surrendered. And as you surrendered, the walls of your heart came down. The ears of your spirit opened up. Jesus said, do you want to? Oh, I want to. And you heard the word of the Lord into your spirit in a way so many in this room have discovered week after week. Do you want to be healed from what's maimed you? What's been done against your will? You didn't ask for that to happen in your life. But do you want to move on or do you want to be stuck there forever? Oh, I'm a worshiper. God, this area of my life is maimed. As his love begins to fill because you decide to put your roots into the river, experience his presence by his Holy Spirit. Do you want to have life restored to you to those areas that seem so dry? So dry that you gave up, still a part of your life, you're reminded, so dry. The river of God would begin to move through that area of your life. In response, he says to Jesus, or excuse me, in, in response, Jesus says to him, rise, take up your bed, and walk. <laughs> There's so much happening in this statement. 
But I want you to see Jesus was shattering his weight theology. Do something about it today. Do something about it today. You can stay where you are and wait for God to do something about it. He's gracious. He's kind. He does just step in with our, without us even asking and come into our life, and he'll do things. He comes into churches and does the very same thing, seasons of visitation. But if we're waiting for that, that's bad theology because that tastes and see that the Lord is good. The man decides he's going to switch his theology and listen to Jesus' voice, which, by the way, he realized in that moment he was in the presence of God, Emmanuel, God with us. He was in the literal presence of God. He heard the voice of God say, it's time to get up. It's time to press into my presence. I'm here. I'm here. Don't wait for me. I'm here. Jesus was declaring to every person around the pool, I'm here. The I am is here. And the Bible says this, immediately the man was made well. Immediately. Please say immediately. 38 years or immediately, it's, your, it's, it's up to you. It's up to you. I grew up in a church that I love my heritage. I saw, I did see moves of God, but we had a wait theology, and we would just wait for God to move. When we prayed for the sick, Lord, if it be your will today, just pray for so-and-so, they're sick. And then we'd usually add, you know, you know God, how wonderful this person is. They come to church every, as if, as if this mattered. They come to church every Sunday. They love you so much, God, and just heal them. God, please feel sorry for this person who's a good person. You should heal them. If, it's, if you feel like it, if you want to show up today, God, we'll receive a healing. Wait theology. Once in a while, we would have these remarkable services. As a boy, I can remember them well. And they were so good that pastor wouldn't preach. And that you would just, you would you say, you remember that service? Pastor didn't even have an opportunity to preach. The power of God just came into the service. And then we would go back the next week and wait for that to happen again. And it might be five years before that would happen again. Jesus wants to shatter your weight theology. In the late 80s, Christine and I began to search the scriptures and hang out with worshipers because we knew there was more. We knew, we knew we could see from what others were experiencing that the water was moving for them. They understood something that we didn't understand. We lived in Oshawa at the time and we would travel anywhere there was teaching and practicums on worship. And we, become, we became worshipers. John 4, those that worship him in spirit and truth. Jesus answered and said to her, there's a, he's sitting, there's so much here to unpack, I just don't have time today. Jesus said to this Samaritan woman, if you knew the gift of God and who it is, say who, who it is that says to you, give me a drink, because Jesus had asked her at the well for a drink. You would have asked him, and he would have given you what kind of water? Living water. Living water. If you know whose presence you are in when we gather together, when you're at home in your quiet time, if you just by faith begin to remember whose presence you're in, who you're talking to, who you're with. He's not a far off God. He wants to come into your presence. He wants you to come into his you would have asked for living water. You would have put your roots down into the living water and you would have gotten a drink from me. There is a river 
Psalm 64, 4, whose streams make glad. There is, there is, there is a river. We're not laying around a pool today waiting for God to do something. Jesus did it all. He said, it is finished. And according to the scriptures that I read, he ascended to the right hand of the Father. And on that great day of Pentecost, they were waiting. But we never have to wait again. We're destroying weight theology every week that we gather, every time. Number one, if you want your river, or you want your roots to go down the river, don't wait for God. He's waiting for you. Move your heart closer and closer to God, and he will come even closer to you. He's waiting for you to make a move. He made his move. Don't wait to become a worshiper of Jesus today. Number two, worship begins, brings us into his presence. I want you to read this scripture with me, Psalm 95, too. Would you all stand with me this morning? Would you read this with me in unison? Let us come before his presence with what? Let us do what? Let us do what? Come on again. Let us. You're going to get this because I'm not moving on until I hear a shout. Let us joyfully to him with psalms come before his presence with singing enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise be thankful to him and bless his name number three give god the worship that he asks for oh pastor roy you know i i don't know if i could lift my hands like that or dance uh, i i don't know if i that's your that's your decision god says I want you to come into my presence and worship the way I like it. So it's not the way we like it. It's the way God likes it. Therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise. Sacrifice means it costs you something. It costs you something. It's not a purchase price. We have our salvation. But it's an indication. I love you so much. I love you, just like you and your significant other. You, it costs you something to have a relationship, to give yourself. Jesus gave it all. He's saying, give yourself in worship. Sacrifice your will to me in worship. What happens as our will decreases, his will increases, and our understanding of the river increases. Don't wait. The fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. Today, as I admonish you, we're going to worship God. I wonder if, uh, as I said, if you would like to just say, you know what, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. I, I've been waiting too long. I'm going forward to the front today as a decision. I'm a worshiper. If that's you, I'm just going to give you one last last part of this poem, but I'd like you to come forward right now. If you're just identifying, going, I'm a worshiper, I'd like you to come out of your seat and come down uh, in the aisle. Just get out of your chair is what I'm saying. We just want to mix this up a little bit. Just mix this up because this is a significant part now. We want to enter into this like it's the first time. I'm going to worship God like it's my first time. I want to encounter him like it's my first time. As worshipers are coming forward, don't wait today. Sick, blind, lame, and paralyzed. Let's get into the river of his presence. Let's get our roots down into the river today. Come on, let's worship God. Thunder 
something stirring six feet under. Dead things coming back to life again. I believe there's about to be another resurrection. I see signs and I see wonders. I see bursts of living color. Dead things coming back to life again. I believe there's about to be another resurrection. Come alive, wake up sleeper, he is risen, we are risen with him.
keep it going a little longer, a little longer. Jesus, we love you this morning. We worship you. You are worthy. You are worthy, oh God. You are, you are, you are, you are. If the stars were made to worship, so will I. If the mountains bow in reverence, so will I. If the oceans rule your greatness, so will I. For if everything exists to lift you high, so will I. If the wind goes where you send it, so will I. If the rocks cry out in silence, so will I. If the sum of all our praises still falls shy, then I'll sing again a hundred billion times. If the stars were made to worship, so will I. If the mountains bow in reverence, so will I, yes I will. If the oceans rule your greatness, so will I. For if everything exists to lift you high, so will I. If the wind goes where you send it, so Through all of my failure and pride On a hill you created The light of the world Abandoned in darkness to die And as you speak oh, a hundred billion failures disappear Where you lost your life so I could find it here If you let the grave behind you, so will I I can see your heart in everything you've done Every part designs in a work of art called love. If you gladly chose surrender, so will I. I can see your heart a billion different ways. 
Just worship him this morning. I love you, Jesus. We offer a sound of worship, oh. I love you, Jesus. It's all about you, God. All about you. We sing out of love. I love you, Jesus. One more time. Boy, 
spirit out. Pour your 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 spirit out. Fresh wind blow all over 
keep singing it out. Fresh wind blow. Come on. Blowing away disappointment. Blowing away hopelessness this morning. Blowing away a lack of faith. Come on. A whole new fresh wind is blowing in this place. Just receive it right now. A fresh Holy Spirit wind moving in every person. Moving through every person. Blowing through the streets of Cornwall this morning. Come on. that said, we surrender ourselves to whatever you want, Jesus. We will go, we will do, we will pay the price because there is a cost. It's not free. But Jesus has equipped us all for that, for the day, for this time as now. 
Jesus. Wow. Thank you. That's my honey. What a great word. There is, there really is an unusual anointing here this morning. The Bible talks about treasures old and new. Go into the storehouse and bring out treasures old and new. And this is an old treasure for us. The understanding of God's presence as he manifests himself in the praises of his people. We understand the imagery in Psalms that um, God is enthroned in the praises of his people. And I think that's what Christina is sensing. I'm certainly sensing when Isaiah came into the presence of God and he said, I'm a man of unclean lips. So when we're in God's presence, sometimes intimacy with the Lord is, is difficult because we're so aware of our shortcomings. But the angel flew to Isaiah and cleansed him cleansed him. There's cleansing in the presence of God. We don't have to be afraid. Many of us are afraid of the moments with the Lord, intimacy with the Holy Spirit, because we're afraid of what he might say. Today, I just want you, every person in this room, to receive afresh the cleansing. Just know that you are forgiven and cleansed. If you're here today, you've never invited Jesus into your heart. You've never made the decision to make your life right with God. The Bible says we're separated from God because of our sins. We're aware that we have broken God's laws. If you've broken one, you've broken them all. But Jesus died on a cross, gave his life, the perfect Lamb of God, the Son of God for you. If you're here today, you've never received Jesus into your heart, but you'd like to do that today. You said, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to do that. Would you just lift your hand wherever you are and just wave it a little bit at me so I can see you? Yeah, sweetheart, I see you little girl raising her hand today. Somebody else today? Anyone else? Yeah, all right. Young men, some young some young boys right here. I love it. Children are responding this morning. They're looking me right in the eye. Oh, yeah, I want Jesus in my life. If you're online today, just an act of your will. Text in the box, today's my day to make a decision. Harvest, let's pray and help these little ones, um, not so little, these children that understand today. And just pray, guys, just, just pray this with me. Just pray this with me today, all right? Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus thank, you thank you that you love me. That you love me. Come, in my heart, Come in my heart. Forgive my sin. Forgive my sin. Thank, you, Jesus. thank you, Jesus. Amen. You prayed that simple prayer from your heart with childlike faith. You're born again. We want you to start. Go ahead. Thank the Lord. Yeah. I don't think it's an accident that one, two, three, four children responded um, because they just get it. If you just tell them, yeah, Jesus will forgive you. He'll be your best friend forever and ever. He's your Lord and your Savior. They get it. Just with every head bowed right now, just in these moments. And so Isaiah said, I'm unclean. And God said, but let me cleanse you. The Bible says we are cleansed by the blood of Jesus. Come boldly into the throne of God. And in your time at home or maybe even on Sunday, if you say, well, I just feel like I, I just don't feel like I'm worthy. Well, that's a lie from the pit of hell. And you don't have to wait for God to tell you you're worthy. By faith, you rise, stand, take up your bed of infirmity, and start to walk with him. And like today, there'll just be this sense of his presence going, I love you. I am for you and not against you. 
But then Christina just picked up on something, and this is the unusual. When I say unusual, I don't mean strange. I mean, so treasures old and new. We've known his presence. We've known this principle. But Isaiah, when he saw the Lord high and lifted up, received the cleansing. In his presence, he said, send me. I believe this morning there's been a sending anointing that's coming. It's not coming, it's here. It's here right now. It's in its seed form. And we're going to be praying about this, honey. Thank you just for releasing that prophetically. I think we're going to see a day like we've never seen before of our children being sent um, out of the house to establish what's been long, long in our hearts to see. Campuses and churches planted, missionary work. We're, um, we've finished our 19th year. We're in our 20th year. And this is the piece that is yet to be really, to get substance around it and fulfill the sending out of the house. But I think what we're sensing, treasures old and new, as we would be people true to the river, and not just children, but older people being sent into the purpose of God, released into the purposes of God. There's going to be a gigundous yes at harvest going, Lord, wherever, whatever, I will do it. Send me. Lord, though we don't understand the details of what's happening in our midst right now, we would hold it as a prophetic seed. But Lord, as we would continue to have a yes of surrender in our heart, that is what creates the flow of the river. We become doorkeepers in the house of God. We literally have made the decision we will be those worshipers who worship in spirit and in truth. Gatekeepers, so to speak, of the presence of God. Lord, so that your will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We declare, Lord, that we don't have a weight theology. Jesus, you've died on the cross. You ascended to the Father. You have said it is finished. Holy Spirit, you have come. And as spirit-filled believers, today we say we will continue being filled, singing songs and hymns and spiritual songs to one another believing you for the greatest days the church has ever seen today we pray and give you thanks in jesus name everyone said amen god bless you happy thanksgiving happy thanksgiving go with the power of the holy spirit today